Good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast of the Class. Breakfast of the Class today is dedicated for the Rufuash Shalemai Veliyahu Ben Esther, sponsored by his son, Joey Jerome. And as well, dedicated in loving memory on Lilun Ishmael, Mordechai Marco Ben Yitzhak Virivka, Alea Shalom, sponsored sponsored by his brother, Albert Nehemiah. Breakfast in the class also dedicated in loving memory of Celine Melul, Lilun Ishmael Celine Sulika Batsimi, sponsored by her son, Dorel Melul. As well, dedicated loving memory of Leah Safti, Leilun Ishmat, Leah Bat Bahie, Leah Shalom, sponsored by Danny and Marilyn Safti. <clears throat> sponsored by Sarah and Shai Mahani, dedicated in honor and the celebration of the wedding of Raquel and Erasmo Perez, Simantov, Mazaltov, and Mabruk. Breakfast in the class also dedicated in loving memory of Jacob's father, Shaul Ini, Leilun Ishmat, Shaul Victoria, sponsored by Raquel and Jacob Ini and family. And sponsored by Sinem Mafar, dedicated in celebration and in honor of his wife's birthday, Tanaz Mafar. May Hashem bless her with a long and fulfilled life, good health and happiness and endless simachot. Dedicated in loving memory of Vanessa's mother, Diana Cohen, alayhi shalom. Diana Bat Sophie, sponsored by Vanessa God. And in loving memory of Masuda Amos, Lilunishbat Masuda Bat Hasiba, Verabi Haranya El Malim, sponsored by her son, Gabriel Amos. Dedicated in loving memory of Jackson Sinuli, Lui Nishmat Yaakov Ben Nazli, for his Azkara, uh, sponsored by his children and his grandchildren. And as well, happy fifth birthday to Samantha Eliana, sponsored by her aunt Sheba Hurizada. <clears throat> Rabotai. Um, we, read, we read this week's parasha about the Berachot of Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov blesses each one of his children individually, and he gives them a special individual tailored beracha to uh, each one according to their needs. And what we notice is, interestingly enough, that for some of the children, the beracha is a very positive thing. You should have this, you should have that, okay? But then there's certain children that Yaakov Avinu, he blesses them, but it sounds more like he's giving them a curse. Uh, he talks about Reuven, he says, Pahaz kamayim, you know, you're impetuous, you're flowing like the water without pause to consider, uh, to consider uh, to, without pausing to consider what you should be doing. Shimon and Levi, you know, Arur apam ki az, cursed is their anger because it is brazen. Ve'evratam ki kashata, you know, you see it sounds like he's not giving them a beracha at all. But actually, my friends, the way... I like to talk about what Abraham, what uh, Yaakov was doing with this berachot, but this berachot is something which is, has become a lot more popular recently with people who are dealing with taxes. <clears throat> it used to be that the way you paid taxes was by paying taxes, but today people buy debt in order to pay taxes. What do you do, right? What do these people do? Uh, you have a certain amount of uh, income. You owe the Uncle Sam a certain amount of money, but if you take on uh, a, uh, a property, real estate, there's depreciation, or if you buy something where there's a great amount of debt involved in it, then that debt can offset the income that you're making, and then you, you don't show as much income to be able to pay that taxes. My friends, what Yaakov was doing over here was for some of them, they needed wins in the win column, but for some of them, they needed to kind of, so to speak, erase the negatives in the negatives column. In either scenario, they wound up with Beracha. Yaakov Avinu was deciding though, what was more important for that person. Even just alone, that teaches us a tremendous lesson, that for some people, the job of positivity is increasing uh, positives in their life. 
But for some people, the greatest amount of work might not be in bringing on assets, might not be in bringing on new things in their life. It might be on working on mitigating negative elements of their character traits. <clears throat> I want to point out as well something that I found fascinating in the words of Yaakov Avinu. <clears throat> when he talks about Shimon and Levi, he says, Ki be'apam hargu ish. With their anger, they killed man. Who's it referring to? Be'apam hargu ish. One response, one idea is, it was referring to the, sto the story of Shechem. But there's another idea as well, that their anger caused that uh, Yosef HaSadiq should, so to speak, be killed off from the family. In the end, it wound up being going a different way. But in the initial stages, that idea came, it seems, from Shimon that they said that, let's kill him and be, and be done with it. But if you look carefully, it doesn't say, look, you killed a man. It says, Ki It doesn't say that Reuven did the wrong thing with the, the bed of Bilhah. It says, Pahaz Kamaim, that he was impetuous. He wasn't considered. He wasn't deliberate in his actions. Sometimes, it's not about whether the thing you did was right or wrong. It was, it's actually more about the way that you did the thing. So let's say it as an example. Someone's doing the wrong thing in the Beit HaKneset. Is it the right thing or the wrong thing to correct his actions? It's the right thing to correct his actions. But as an example, if you really cared about whether his tefillin is in the right place or the wrong place, maybe you don't show him that his tefillin's in the wrong place from the exact opposite side of the room. So that every possible person in the Beit Knesset <coughs> it has to see that you went like this, he, he. He, walk up to the guy, right? Is it correct to have him put his tifli in the right place? It's correct. But the way that you did it, inappropriate. You give tochacha, you're not supposed to do it berabim. Do it privately. Do it sensitively. So you see that Yaakov Avinu, he doesn't say that you killed a person. Maybe they should have killed in Shechem. Maybe they should have. But the way that they did it was incorrect. They didn't come to him for advice. Yaakov was not prepared. And the aftermath could have actually been very bloody. That's what Yaakov Avinu says to them in the aftermath of Shechem. So sometimes we do the right thing, my friends, in the wrong way. I want to share with you a beautiful example of this, of this concept. <clears throat> there was a rabbi who was teaching in a, a class in the school. Anyway, all of a sudden, in the middle of the lesson, the principal is in the hallway, he sees the rabbi walk out of the classroom in the middle of the lesson. The rabbi goes up to the side, uh, on the, you know, to the wall. He says, uh, hello. Uh, he calls us, obviously speaking to his house. The principal's wondering what made the guy leave in the middle of class. Which rabbi leaves the class in the middle? They're all sitting there doing nothing. The rabbi calls. He says, hey, uh, hi, honey, everyone, everyone okay? Everyone okay. So you know those old clothes? There was a pile of old clothes in the basement. Yeah. Yeah, so I just wondered, um, did you throw them out yet? Oh, you threw out the old clothes? Okay, uh, do, you think, do you think maybe you could go get them back? They're in the garbage already. Could you send someone back out to the garbage to get the old clothes? <laughs> the principal's looking at the rabbi who thought that this was an important enough reason to leave the classroom. He's talking about old clothes ready for the garbage. If they got thrown in the garbage, go get them from the garbage. Anyway, 
He sees the rabbi, he says, okay, all right, too late, okay, no problem. Hangs up the phone, walks back into the classroom, continues the lesson. The principal doesn't want to call him out on it. He waits until after the class is over and the rabbi is done for the day. He pulls him on the side, he says, listen, I just want to say, I noticed you left the class in the middle of the lesson, all the students, and then you went outside and you made a phone call and I thought, what's going on that he has, probably it's very important that he left the middle of a class. And then I hear you asking about old clothes. That's why you left the class in the middle? The rabbi says to the principal, he goes, no, no, he goes, you don't understand. He says, I have a wedding coming up and I needed to put together some money to be able to make the wedding for my daughter. So I borrowed a, a large sum of money for the wedding and I didn't know where to put it. It would be safe in the house where no one would come across it. It wouldn't get stolen. So I hid it in these old clothes at the bottom of the basement. He says, and I remembered in the middle of class today that someone had said this morning, it didn't register, that they're going to throw out all the old clothes in the house today. They're going to put them out on the street. It didn't register until I was in the middle of the lesson. And I thought to myself, Shema Israel, they're going to throw out the clothes. So I told my students, just, you know, review amongst yourselves for two minutes. I went outside and I asked them, did you guys throw out the old clothes yet? They said that they did. So I asked my, uh, my daughter, my son, whoever it was, I asked my kids, could you still get the clothes? Did they, did they take away the garbage yet? And then they said, no, they already took away the garbage. It's good. It's gone. Impossible to retrieve. Once I heard it was impossible to retrieve, what was I going to do? I went back into the classroom. Now the principal, who thought that his, uh, his rabbi was a waste of time, was a non-committed rebbe, he, he says, now he's looking at the guy with fresh respect. You had all this money, you don't have the money to make the wedding, you borrowed the money, the money's now thrown in the garbage. Instead of you going crazy, running out, screaming, you went back into the classroom as if nothing had happened, you taught the rest of the lesson, and now I'm coming to you after the end of the lesson, and you don't even seem, I can't believe it. He says, you know what, I'll tell you the truth. He says, my rabbi, Rabbi Eisner, he used to teach us always that the purpose of a person in this world is to go through difficult moments and maintain their emunah, maintain their composure, to overcome the difficult moments in life. After having that hammered in by my rabbi my whole life, now I come to a difficult moment, I was about to lose it and I remembered, this is God testing me in this moment to see how I react. So you know what, I remembered that, I thought to myself, the clothes are already gone, the money's already gone, I'm gonna figure something out, but right now, what's the right thing to do? To scream, to lose my mind, to make phone calls, I'm never gonna get it back anyway? Or to go and teach Torah, what could be a bigger zechut for me than to go back into the classroom and to continue teaching Torah. What a magnificent approach. And I thought to myself, you know, this, this story is beautiful on two levels. It's beautiful, first of all, because of the fact that the rabbi does the right thing, okay? He, uh, he goes back into the classroom. He uh, understands that there's no use crying over spilled milk. But number two, that the rabbi, the principal, he couldn't even tell it on the face of his employee. It was, he, he went up to him, he thought that the guy was, a, was a, 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 an uncommitted rabbi to the students because he couldn't see anything on him. Turns out the guy's a giant. Unbelievable. I was just thinking to myself as well that this to me speaks about, it speaks to what Yaakov Avinu was blessing his children with. He doesn't just bless Shimon and Levi, don't be murderers. 
He blesses them to be in control of their anger. It could be that a person came to this world, was born to his parents, got married and built a family, and his whole life is worth living for one moment where someone got him angry publicly and he controls his anger. It could be that that was the purpose of him coming to this world. It could be that the purpose of a person coming to this world is to overcome one nisayon, where there's money on the table and it's the wrong thing to do and you control your greed in that moment. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Ma'aseh yadai lehitpa'er. I thought, Yaakov Avinu, he's sitting with his sons. Their whole life was there. And he's got to fixate and focus on the one time Shimon and Levi lost their temper. What about all the other times? Reuven, okay? Yaakov Avinu, he had nothing else to say about Reuven other than the one time that Reuven acted too quickly. Right? That's what Yaakov Avinu was focused on. The answer is, Yaakov Avinu over here is not giving them a report card. Yaakov Avinu is not saying, you're worthless because you acted impetuously. But Yaakov Avinu was saying, that moment, that could have been the moment that you came to this, whole, to this world for as a human being. We exist, my friends, to stand up in a time of Nisayon and be strong. Every one of us has a different Nisayon. For some people, it's a Nisayon of Parnassah. For others, it's a Nisayon of health. For a third group of people, it might be a Nisayon of the way you act when someone publicly shames or humiliates you. Do you descend into the mud with the guy or do you rise above? My friends, sometimes it's not even about the way, the thing that you do, it's about the way that you do it. End of the day, there was nothing to do about this money. So the question isn't whether or not you're going to lose your mind and go crazy. It's about how you approach that scenario. My friends, I had someone who walked into the Beta Knesset a little while ago. And I asked him, how's everything going? What's going on? And the, the person's responding, Baruch Hashem, thank God, my wife, my family, my children, my this, my that. Anyway, it was a short while later, I found out that this person had recently not only lost his job, but had lost a fortune of money. And that the person, he was in the Beit Knesset that morning, and it looked just like any other day, was suddenly in a position where he went from uh, considerable wealth to a place where he was going to need help from people in the community to get back on his feet. And you couldn't see it on his face. So I went to him a little while later. I waited a little bit of time. I went to him that night. I was in, it was actually in London. I went to him that night and I said to him, you know, uh, when we were talking this morning, you know, and you know, we, I, I was asking you a little about the family and how's everything going? And, you know, you told me everything's going well and, you know, I just want to make sure. You know, I heard, I heard that there's, you know, some issues and stuff going on. If you need any help, if you want me to speak to anybody, I'm more than happy to do so. And he says to me, Rabbi, thank you so much. I could use every bit of help. I said, I asked you this morning, how's everything going? And this is how you respond. I ask you tonight. And he says, Rabbi, you know what the difference is? When someone asks you, how are things going? What do they usually want to hear? Fine, Baruch Hashem. <laughs> they don't want to help. They're not interested in the sob story. Right? They're asking to be polite. How's it going? Well, actually, they don't want to hear he says, tonight you came to me, you told me you know what's going on, and you want assistance. <clears throat> Maybe that means 
that you're the person that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent to help me. This morning, you were not the person that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent to help me. So therefore, why should I share with you all my sarot, come out with everything, be negative, be cynical, be... No, it wasn't appropriate. And I was, I thought to myself, this guy, I know him already for maybe 10 years. 10 years I did not know that this was a person. Moshel Berucho Milochet Ir. The Pasuk says, a person who's capable of ruling over his spirit, ruling over his emotions, is greater, he's a greater conqueror than someone who could conquer and take over a city or a, or, or, or a country in warfare. My friends, those moments, these moments of greatness, we have them all the time. And I, I, rem, I remember thinking specifically of the Pasuk in the Megillah, where the Pasuk says, Umi yodeya im la'et kazot higat la'malchut. Mordechai says to Esther, there's an opportunity here to save all the Jews. Who knows if this is why you became the queen? Who knows if this is why you became the queen? I wonder sometimes. Hashem blessed us, Baruch Hashem, with financial uh, uh, success. Each one of us, according to whatever level of financial success they have. But even the least of us is doing far better than many of the poor people on the street. He blessed us. He blessed us with wisdom. He blessed us to be born into good homes. He blessed us with physical strength. You don't have money? Could you help an old lady move her stuff from the house down to the car? You're blessed. You're blessed with strength. We were blessed in so many ways. Each day, ask yourself when these opportunities arise. Mi yodeya. Who knows if the reason why I was brought to kingship, if I was brought to luxury, if I was brought to blessings, it was for this exact moment. And Abu Tai, when we fail in that moment, in Shamayim they ask, is this person actually deserving of the berachot that they received? The crazy thing is, we don't know that it was our moment, until after the fact. The Gemara tells us in the name of Rabbi Eliezer, a person should always do Teshubah one day before they pass. Ask the Gemara, but you don't know when you're going to pass away. And the Gemara's point is, exactly. So you do Teshubah every day. Now the point is not that a person lives a morbid existence thinking every day is his last day. But the point is that a person lives thinking, what if today? was my last day. What if instead of seeing the opportunities that came our way as, nu as nuisances, as annoyances in the day, we looked at this opportunity and we said, maybe this is why Bore Olam brought me to this world, to help this Ani, to figure out a way to help this young child who's struggling in school, uh, to figure out a new response to some issue that's going on in the community. Every fox has his day, Rabotai. Maybe that day is today. And maybe the person is you. And if you're going to rise to the occasion, and if you're going to try your best to shine, you did it with a smile on your face, how much more valuable 
uh, is that sacrifice, is that overcoming of midot that you are achieving on this day. May we be zocheh be'ezat Hashem to achieve great things in our life and to justify our existence each and every day. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve